Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tonight, Don Huckabee, U.S. Congressman from Kentucky, James Cromer, voice wizardry of Stephen Brogan, Sidney Holder prepares a peachy recipe, celebrating 30 years with country group Ricochet. That's Ray Corley of the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's... All righty. Hey, the number is 91. No, that's not Joe Biden's age uh, or his IQ. 91 isn't the number of times that Kamala Harris has made a speech that made less sense than my two-year-old grandson, Teddy, trying to explain why he needs more candy. No, it's not that either. No, 91 is the number of criminal charges that the new American police state in four separate jurisdictions have leveled against former President Donald Trump, who is also the leading Republican candidate by a large margin for the 2024 election. Now, most of the indictments are either filed by or coordinated with Joe Biden's police agencies in what is now laughably called the Department of Justice. (laughs) Folks, that's like calling Baskin-Robbins a weight control center (laughs) or calling Hillary Clinton a sweet little old lady baking cookies and standing by her man. (laughs) The latest round of indictments by the viciously partisan persecuting attorney in Atlanta, Fannie Willis, was truly a spectacle. The indictments were posted online several hours before the grand jury even voted to issue them. That was a blunder that Fannie attributed to a clerk testing some software or some completely ridiculous excuse. And she didn't just indict Donald Trump. No, she indicted 19 people in what she termed a RICO case. And I'm not talking about Uncle Rico from the Napoleon Dynamite movie, okay? (laughs) Only a few people got that. (laughs) Trey being one of them. It was a good movie, wasn't it? It Yes, it's hilarious. That was a good one. No, I'm talking Rico as in racketeering. You know, mob stuff. With a straight face, she claimed that for Donald Trump and others to question the 2020 election results, they are criminals engaging in a conspiracy. Well... Our friend and frequent guest on this show, Ron Hart, said this, these made-for-TV indictments were a farce, staged for the evening news, complete with hair, makeup, and leaks. Fannie Willis, the DA, looked sternly into the cameras and said she took no pleasure in this. It took six takes for her to say it. (laughs) Great work by Ron Hart. Her pal Stacey Abrams not only questions the results of her loss in the 2018 governor's race in Georgia, 
but repeatedly out and out said she had actually won the election and that it was stolen from her. Same thing Hillary said in 2016. But neither of them are under indictment for anything. The likelihood that Donald Trump could get a fair trial in Fulton County, Georgia, where 95% of the potential jury pool are Democrats, uh, about the same likelihood that I'm going to get a Grammy for my bass playing with Trey and the band here on the show. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't supposed to be that funny. <laughs> Is this the last of the wave of the criminal charges that are to be defiled against Donald Trump? Hmm. Well, it depends on if new damaging information is about to drop about Joe Biden's profiting off his son's shady business dealings with the Chinese, Russians, and the Ukrainians, among others. What does it have to do with the indictments of Donald Trump? So far, in every case where damaging information is dropped about the Bidens, and they're pocketing more than $20 million for influence peddling with foreign governments, another round of indictments fly at Donald Trump. I'm sure the timing is merely coincidental. As making cynics out of many of us who aren't brain dead and who hold in utter contempt the media for hating Trump so much that they can't even love their country enough to demand that the empowered deep state thugs stop using the power of the police to silence their political enemies and upend the campaigns of their opponents. Sadly, most of the other Republican candidates for president are embarrassingly silent about what's happening to Trump, all at the hands of the government goons who next will probably indict him for tearing off a tag from a pillow in 1967. <laughs> That's a crime. The lone and notable exception is Vivek Ramaswamy, who is now catapulted into second place in several national polls and whose articulation of a solid American message is gaining ground. Yet Vivek Ramaswamy has been outspoken in his solidarity with Donald Trump over the indictments. He's even gone so far as to say that if he's elected, he would pardon Trump so the country could stop treating a different political viewpoint as if it were a criminal act. So whether Donald Trump outlasts the never-ceasing attacks from the deeply entrenched elitists, well, that remains to be seen. But we increasingly see a divided America that is no longer just about Democrats and Republicans, but about those in power and connected to it, and those who have no friends in D.C., but are the people who work hard, go to church, help others, love their country. We are headed toward a head knocking. I hope we avoid it. But there is only so much the people of this country can take. And folks, we're getting real close to it. We really are. Congressman James Comer is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee in the U.S. Congress. As investigations into the Biden family business deals heat up, Congressman Comer is the tip of the spear to get to the truth and to hold people accountable. He has already demonstrated a dogged determination to find the facts despite being stonewalled at every turn by the Department of Justice and the White House. I want you to welcome from the great state of Kentucky, the Perry Mason of Congress, Oversight Chairman James Comer. You know, you brought your own fan club with you, Congressman. I like that. They love you. Todd County, Kentucky. You know, these are proud Kentuckians. 
And I'm going to tell you something. They ought to be proud of you. They really should. I am, and I'm not even in your district, but I'm going to tell you, when I watch you methodically go after the evidence, it's not with rancor and it's not with a lot of emotion. It is just a simple determination to get to the truth. And I, I think so many of us watch and we're so grateful. But this week was an explosive week. And I want to start with the revelation that Joe Biden was using a pseudonym, an alias, emailing while he was vice president, including his son. What's the significance of that revelation? Well, it's significant. First of all, the fact that he was using a fake name, I think that's symbolic because the Bidens, we found, have 20 fake companies that they were receiving the uh, money from the foreign nationals and then laundering through those fake companies to nine different Biden family members. But he was using a fake name on a government email because he knew that emails are subject, as you know, to FOIA, to, yeah. to Freedom of Information Act. And he wanted to disguise his communication. And that's what they've done with the money. That's what the bank said with the bank violations. They were trying to disguise where the money was coming from and deceive the IRS so they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. So Joe Biden has a pattern of deception here. But I think the most alarming part is that Hunter Biden was CC'd on these emails. He was copied on these emails. And the one argument the Democrats, as they continue to move backwards and move the goalpost in their defense of Joe Biden, they said, well, Hunter Biden has nothing to do with the federal government. Then why was he receiving emails about Ukrainian policy right before they were going to fire that prosecutor? I mean, that, that really does beg the question. Um, what's the most explosive thing that your committee has uncovered so far? The one that you think is, if there is a smoking gun, what is it? Well, I think it's the way they were receiving the money. I mean, 20 shell companies. And I, I've, unfortunately, I've learned we have a, an, uh, a financially illiterate media in Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't know that they understand the shell company's a fake company. They created 20 fake companies for the sole purpose to receive this money from foreign nationals because if you're the son of the vice president of the United States or a congressman, yeah. You're not supposed to receive money from foreign nationals. Whoa. Right. Yeah. And, and they hid it through these shell companies, and then once they transferred the money back and forth, then they would make incremental payments to Biden family members. That's called money laundering. And when you create a bunch of shell companies for the sole purpose of money laundering, that's called racketeering. So the, the amount of crimes that this Biden family's committed is, you know, nearing the dozen mark. And, and when we're talking money, how much money are you already seeing in the bank records? Because you've looked at them. Are, are we talking a few thousand dollars? What, what kind of money are we talking about? Well, thus far, we've gotten about a third of their bank records because they had so many bank accounts. Uh, they had probably close to 40 bank accounts, believe it or not. But uh, I would say at this point, we're right around the $21 million mark. $21 million. $21 million. And, and remember, not only were they not supposed to get this money, not only did they try to hide where the source of the money was, according to the IRS whistleblowers, they didn't pay a penny of taxes on it. So when Joe Biden says we need to double the size of the IRS to go after tax cheats, he doesn't need to look any further than uh, in the White House right now with his phone family. Just go around the Thanksgiving right. table at the right. Biden family Thanksgiving right. and say, everybody ought to pay his fair share. Yep. Isn't that the big line that they tell us? That's what they say, but uh, they certainly have not. And Joe Biden's more than welcome to make his family whole with the IRS if he wants to uh, 
increase the tax revenue, he can start at home because they haven't paid a penny of taxes on any of this money. But even more concerning, they should have never gotten the money. And, and more concerning than that, Governor, they, they should have, somebody should have stopped this. The IRS, the Department yeah. of Justice, the FBI, somebody should have put the brakes on this years ago. When you uncover this stuff, one of the things that has just blown my mind is we're not talking about little bitty things. Over years, lots of money, lots of shell companies, as you have mm -hmm. mentioned, and lots of various players, all of whom are being protected by the very agencies that if you were doing that, Congressman, they'd have you in cuffs, raid your house, Absolutely. have a SWAT team, right. haul you and give you a perp walk across a federal courthouse in Kentucky. That's right. We have to disclose if we receive anything over $50. <laughs> and if, if our family receives a gift, I believe it's over $200, we have to report that. If we don't, we will get an ethics violation. And once you get an ethics violation in Congress, you're going to be removed from Congress, or if if you make it through the ethics process, the voters are going to vote you out because they don't want a congressman with an ethics violation. I want to continue this conversation with you, Congressman. We have a lot more to discuss with Congressman James Comer of Kentucky, chairman of the Oversight Committee. Don't you dare go away. We'll be right back. Later tonight, author and researcher Seamus Bruner joins Mike at the desk to discuss Biden corruption. Then later, Ricochet performs a country favorite. That's all ahead on Huckabee. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And we are back with Congressman James Comer of Kentucky. He is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. It's become the most important committee in Congress because they're doing the, really the most significant look into what's going on with uh, the Biden family. And Congressman, I, I was a little amazed. You didn't go to Congress until after the 2016 election. Most of the time, a person was, will be in Congress 12, 14 years before they ever become the chairman of the Oversight Committee. Clearly, your colleagues have great confidence in you to elevate you to a position in just a few years. But I learned that you were the Ag Commissioner of the state of Kentucky. Yes, sir. You fought corruption. You cleaned a bunch of stuff up. Mm -hmm. So you've had a little experience in do, doing this kind of thing. I did. I was elected commissioner of agriculture in Kentucky and 12 other states. We elect our commissioner of agriculture when we elect attorney general and governor and all that. Uh, went into a situation where uh, my predecessor had, had made a lot of mistakes. And uh, I did something that's never been done before or since. I called for an audit of mm. my government agency. Uh, which was independent of the governor's office and independent of the General Assembly. Uh, we, we found a lot of corruption. We fired a lot of government employees. As, as you know, it's very difficult to fire a government employee very hard. Merit in the merit system. But we fired a significant percentage of the workforce and, and started all over. And I think today the Kentucky Department of Agriculture is, is a, a pretty good example of a, of a pretty good government agency in Kentucky. Good experience getting you ready for what you're doing. But when you went to Congress, I, I'm sure it never occurred to you that you would be sitting 
at the hot seat of the most significant investigation that we've seen maybe in American history. I think this is the biggest political corruption scandal in my lifetime. And I'm a student of uh, presidential history. This president family has taken millions and millions of dollars from some bad people in some bad countries. And he's lied about it over and over again. Uh, my experience in Kentucky taught me a lot. Uh, there are political knives that will come at you. Uh, the media is not fair at all. If it's a uh, you know, if it's a Democrat chasing corruption, they're a hero. If it's a Republican, you know, they're, they're, they're a villain. And if you're going after a, a Democrat, you're a villain. If you're going after a Republican, you're a hero. So uh, I've had some preparation coming to Washington. And you mentioned I moved up quickly. I was, I was in the right place at the right time. Fortunately, the House of Representatives is different than the Senate. The Senate goes by seniority. The House, you run for the leader of a committee, and I, I ran and somehow won. And, you know, I've got a great committee. We've got some of the most high-profile members of Congress on my committee. We're working together. We're working with the other committees because I believe everyone in the Republican majority in Congress realizes that this is of the utmost importance. We have a president that, for all practical purposes, is probably compromised, compromised with our biggest enemy in the world, and that's China, yeah. and probably compromised with other nations as well. Now, one of the, I guess, real concerns is that there are a lot of people pushing you and pushing Speaker McCarthy, impeach President Biden right away. That has not been your tack. Mm -hmm. You are conducting the investigations. How does this play out, and how do you keep some folks from just rushing into the impeachment, which wouldn't last five minutes in the Senate if it got over there? That's the thing. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand impeachment. We can impeach, and we could impeach Biden today. The Senate's not going to convict. So he's not going anywhere. All you're doing is taking up floor time and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen and people are going to get more upset then. Uh, my job is to investigate. And I said when I was named uh, head of this committee and we announced this investigation, I'm going to follow the money. And that's what we're doing. And by following the money, we're, we're running up on people like Devin Archer who were involved in the, the business schemes. And we're bringing them in and making them uh, testify under oath as to what crimes were committed and what was really going on. What did the family do to receive the money? And, and look, everyone we talked to said the same thing. They were selling access to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was the brand. That should be a problem for every American. It should be. Is our, our, do, do Americans want their politicians for sale? And I know people say, well, every politician takes special interest money or whatever. That money's disclosed. There are rules and restrictions. The most illegal thing in the world for anyone in Washington is to take money from foreign nationals, from, from China, yeah. from, from Romania, from Ukraine, from Russia. That's what Biden's done, and it's going to be to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. You know, I get frustrated. I, I watch you in a press conference, and you lay out specific evidence, bank mm -hmm. records. You, right. you note them, exactly what you've discovered. And then somebody will turn around in a commentary and say, well, where's the proof? And I'm thinking, did you not just hear the man? Does that frustrate you? It's so frustrating because Adam Schiff talked about Russian collusion for two years. There was never an ounce of evidence, yeah. nothing that would, would show that Trump colluded with Russia. I have produced so many bank records, hundreds of pages of bank records that showed he took money that he wasn't supposed to take. He lied about it. He met with all these people. He said he didn't talk to them. He talked to every one of them. And the most latest revelation is that uh, he... His son was involved in the communication with the government on what they were going to do to Ukraine. Devin Archer testified that the owners of Burisma 
were squeezing Hunter Biden to call Washington, D.C. for help. Now, who would Hunter Biden call in Washington, D.C. for help? His father, who was vice president. And his father, five days later, flies to Ukraine and fires the prosecutor who's investigating his son, Hunter Biden, for corruption in Ukraine. And now we find emails where they were communicating along the way. So I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming, but it's still not enough for some in the mainstream media. Hopefully, as you continue to dig and you have dug in some deep holes mm -hmm. and come out with some real stuff, I just have to believe that there will come a moment at which the light goes on for at least a few reporters and even some Democrats who will say Joe Biden has crossed a bridge too far. Congressman, I just want to tell you, uh, I, I said this before, I want to say it again. You are a hero to the people of America. I don't care what their politics are because you're going after what is just unacceptable corruption and looking for the truth and letting it take you where you lead. I hope you sleep with one eye open every <laughs> single night. Thank you. God bless you and thank you. thank you. I want you to keep up with what the Oversight Committee is doing and follow Chairman Comer on social media. We will give you links at our website, Huckabee.tv, if you want to do it, and please do. Keep up with it. Find out what they're uncovering because you probably have friends that say, well, they haven't found anything. Go to the congressman's website, follow him. I promise you'll find what they are discovering and it will upset you. Right now, Keith is going to tell the good people what we have coming up and he didn't have to dig very hard for that. Keith? Well, coming up next, Steve Brogan is here with his friend Elmer. Then some good old Southern cooking with Sidney Holder. You're watching Huckabee. Samaritan's Purse volunteers are already on the ground in Maui offering immediate relief for those who are being affected by the devastating wildfires. Their important work could not be possible without your continued prayers and generous giving. I hope you'll pray for all those volunteers who are on the ground, as well as the Hawaiian families who have suffered unthinkable tragedy. And consider giving to Samaritan's Purse today. You can do that by visiting the Samaritan's Purse website or by giving them a call right now. Thanks, and God bless. Steve Brogan is a comic ventriloquist from North Carolina. He learned the art of ventriloquism at age seven from his Uncle Bill. Now with over 30 years as a professional entertainer, he still pursues his first love of making people laugh, and he does it for corporations, theaters, associations, and churches all over the country. Would you please welcome comedian and ventriloquist Steve Brogan. Thank you. Thank you and welcome. This is Elmer. Yeah. <clears throat> Doing okay? What? Are you doing okay? No. What's wrong? This has been a terrible day. Bad day? Yeah. Why has it been such a bad day? What? Why has it been such a bad day? My left knee hurts. It's probably old age. No, it's not. 
Why not? My right knee is the same age. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> that doesn't justify you calling it a bad day. That's not all. What else is wrong? Arthritis. Okay. Sometimes people get arthritis, went to the doctor with it too. All right. He gave me a shot. Okay, said it would make the arthritis go away. Well, sometimes he called me today. The doctor? Yeah. Well, that was nice of him to call and check and see how you were doing. No, that's not why he called. Why did he call? He said that check I wrote him came back from the bank. Okay. I said, that's okay, doc. You keep it. And arthritis came back too. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about the arthritis, that's not all. What else is wrong? Arthritis. Okay, high blood pressure. Okay, I didn't know headache, knee ache, back ache, gout, hemorrhoids. <laughs> Hadn't had a bowel movement in four days. <laughs> See, they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I'm doing real good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But the doctor did help me. Oh, finally, folks, he admits that the doctor helped him. Yes, he did. Good. How did he help you? He helped my hearing. Oh, I'm glad he helped your hearing. What? He helped your hearing? Yeah, good. How did he help your hearing? He found a suppository in my ear. <laughs> How did that help your hearing? Well, I figured out where I put my hearing aid. <clears throat> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Well, do you even know where we are? What? Do you know where we are? Yeah. Good. Where? Walmart Greeters Convention. <laughs> Why would you think that? A lot of old guys here. Yeah. <clears throat> We're here at the Mike Huckabee Show. What? The Mike Huckabee Show. Really? Yeah. Oh, is Sarah here? <laughs> no, I don't think Sarah's here. Why? Well, you know, I'm dating again. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Dated a 92-year-old woman last night. 92? Yeah. Had to slap her face twice. Why? Was she fresh? No, I thought she was dead. <laughs> We're here at the Mike Huckabee Show. Is Mike, is the governor here? Yeah, he's here. He's right over there. Oh, how you doing, governor? Good to see you. Good to see you. Glad you're here. <laughs> what are you doing? Nodding, nodding. He knows what I mean. 
heard something about him. Who? Trey. Trey? Yeah. When did you hear this? Tonight. Tonight, yeah. Where? Here, here, yep. What did you hear about Trey? Heard that Trey is a warm person. Warm person, yeah, that's commendable. That means he gets along well with people. And that's, hey, Steve, what? I Googled the word warm. What's it mean? Not so hot. <laughs> Heard something else, too. About Trey? Yeah. What else did you hear? Heard that Trey is a model band leader. Model band leader, yeah. That's, to, that's commendable. That means he does his job properly. Steve, what? I Googled the word model, too. What does it mean? A small imitation of the real thing. <laughs> I don't want to know anything else you heard about Trey, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I especially don't want to know who said anything like that. Oh, I had to promise not to tell. Good. Didn't I, Governor? <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to be here. My name's Eleanor. This is Steve. Uh, well, Steve, we are glad to have you and Elmer with us. Thank you very much. Uh, Keith and I will love to have Steve back, but we'll have to overcome Trey's vote, who probably will vote for him not to come. <laughs> Hey, if you want to see more of Steve Brogan and his many unusual friends, or to book him for your event, go to Huckabee.tv. Now notice that my lips never move as Keith tells you what's coming up next. <laughs> Amazing. Well, after the break, Seamus Bruner of the Government Accountability Institute will shed some light on the bike business dealings. And later, some country music fun with Ricochet. It's hard not to be excited with the incredible music that we have in this show, and that's because of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Would you give them a big hand and thank them? Well, you've heard the phrase, follow the money. That is exactly what Seamus Bruner has been doing at Peter Schweitzer's Government Accountability Institute for more than a decade. He's a best-selling author. This is the book, Wrote, uh, written with John Solomon, a great, great reporter, and it's called Fallout. And uh, his findings have made very often front-page headlines. He's been on the top researcher list for Peter Schweitzer's books, Exposing Clinton, and now Joe Biden and the corruption. And the Biden's sketchy global business deals that James Comer was just talking about really do pose a national security threat. 
Now, for more on all of this, I want you to welcome to our show an extraordinary researcher. We're happy to have him, Seamus Bruner. Seamus, great to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Governor. Perfect that you're here the same night that Congressman Comer is here, because that's what you guys have been digging around in as well at the Government Accountability Institute. Um, when did you first kind of start sniffing that something just isn't altogether right with what the Bidens have done in business? So right around the, the time of the Clinton cash book, which uh, readers may remember was the Clinton Foundation yeah. blew that wide open. Just after that, we decided, well, let's look at the Bidens, see what they've been up to. So this would be around 2017, 2018 is when Peter Schweitzer's book, Secret Empires, came out. That blew open the Ukraine, Burisma story, the China story. And we've been on it ever since. So, you know, it, it's hard for many of us to understand why there's not more public attention. Uh, the press obviously tries their best not just to ignore it, but to actually cover it up. And that's worse. Why is it that the evidence that Congressman Comer and what you've found is not landing on ears that care out there in the media? Well, it's exactly like you said. The media is in on it. They, they're complicit. They've been covering up for not just uh, Biden, but since Obama, even the Clintons. So they've got some complicity in these things. They were there when Joe Biden said, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. They covered that and they acted like that was true. And now we know, thanks to Congressman Comer, that's not true. Joe Biden was intimately involved. You know, everybody thought Donald Trump was really being mean in the debates back in 2020 when he said, you've had business dealings with China. And Joe puffed up, I have never had any, you know, and denied it. And people thought, boy, Trump just went after him in, you know, shots and blanks. Turned out he was the only one on the stage telling the truth. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, they impeached Donald Trump for just asking some questions, some very simple questions about what was going on in Ukraine. And now we know he was right all along. The Bidens were up to no good. Let's talk about the, the special counsel that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has appointed David Weiss. Weiss has basically kind of tried to make a deal with Hunter that would have given him nothing. I mean, it would have been a scot-free deal. Don't look at any of the felonies issues, couple of misdemeanors. It wasn't a slap on the wrist, it was a kiss on the cheek. So Weiss is now going to be appointed to be the special counsel. Does that give you any comfort at all or should we be worried about it? Absolutely not. That, the appointment of David Weiss as the special prosecutor is possibly the most egregious move in the Biden cover-up saga. I mean, you, you, like you said, he had just given Hunter a sweetheart deal, and now he gets to give him a special sweetheart deal. I mean, the deal was so crooked that a judge blew it up, and so now this move seems to extend the cover-up effort, possibly past the election. And, and IRS whistleblowers both testified that Weiss said, I can't push this because higher up have told me to back off. So, you know, somebody's not quite getting this right. Merrick Garland pretends that, oh, he's hands off. I don't believe that for a minute. Do you? Not at all. The White House, the DOJ, they have been covering up for the Biden family crimes or alleged crimes, I guess, at this point, but they look pretty serious like crimes. Uh, they've been covering up since the beginning. Seamus, what, what can happen, though? I mean, obviously, Congress does have the power to subpoena, so they can get to some of this. Will anything ultimately kind of unfold that will uh, hold people accountable? Well, I think, I think what Congressman Comer and the Oversight Committee have done is a form of justice, but we obviously need a lot more than that. We need accountability. Uh, so the things we're talking about here with Joe Biden... 
There's big allegations of bribery. The US Constitution says that specifically bribery is among the high crimes and misdemeanors that demand impeachment. So I think impeachment should begin as soon as possible. Uh, that would be a form of justice. But until there's a new administration, until there's new leadership at the DOJ, I don't, I don't see uh, you know, them prosecuting Hunter Biden. They've shown every indication it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be more sweetheart deals, more extending the statute of limitations, past the statute of limitations. You know, we were talking with a congressman about $20 million that, that went to these phony companies. You have said that there is big money coming from Russian oligarch Alina uh, Baderina, who was the wife of the Moscow mayor. Now, we're talking, and you mentioned money well beyond that. What kind of money are, are you even suggesting might be involved in those transactions? So Congressman Comer and the Oversight Committee, they have found $3.5 million in the bank records. But at the Government Accountability Institute, we obtained court records where Devin Archer said that it could be as high as $200 million that Elena Batterina had invested in this Burnham asset management company that's closely tied to the Bidens. Hunter was an executive there. He got money out of that. Now, we're not saying that Biden's got $200 million, but that's exactly how much uh, Elena Batterina is alleged to have invested in a Biden-linked entity. Where do these people get that kind of money? I mean, $200 million is not the kind of money that you carry in your pocket. That's a lot of dough, $200 million. Where do they get that money? So Elena Batterina, she is a, like an oligarch's oligarch. She's the first female billionaire in Russia. She's got close ties to Putin. Uh, we found in the WikiLeaks, she actually has ties to organized crime. Uh, a lot of that money was acquired through corrupt dealings in Moscow, real estate dealings and sweet, sweetheart, you know, land grab type stuff. Uh, and so the timing here is what's really interesting. So when does she invest in the Biden businesses? It's 2014. It's during the Maidan Revolution. After the Maidan Revolution, with the overthrow of uh, the president of Ukraine, a lot of Russian oligarchs were thinking, you know, is the U.S. going to put sanctions on us? And if the U.S. is going to sanction us, we need to get our money out of here. So they started looking for safe havens. And so this oligarch, Baterina, she invested where, where safer than with the son of the vice president. So that's possibly, you know, the safest place you could put your money if you're a Russian oligarch is with the Bidens. I mean, this is frightening stuff. Seamus, it's, it's important what you're discovering. I hope people will get the book Fallout that you've written with John Solomon. But more importantly, they need to follow what uh, is going on at the Government Accountability Institute. For our audience, Seamus's books are available everywhere that books are sold, as well as Peter Schweitzer's books. And we've got links for you, as always, at Huckabee.tv. Now, speaking of covering up stuff, we pay Keith Bilbrey to uncover things, and he's just uncovered what we have coming up on the rest of the show. Keith? Well, get ready for some delicious Southern cooking with Sidney Holder. It's going to be peachy. Don't go away. Get your very own Made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more.
Welcome back, everybody. Sydney Holder started out as a teacher, and she still is a teacher. But during the pandemic, she started pursuing a love of baking that had been passed down by her Southern family. It's now her second occupation. So who better to show us how to celebrate National Peach Month than the co-owner of Sweet Peach Bakery? Please welcome Sydney Holder. Sydney, welcome. Good to have you. So glad to be here. You know, I'm already looking at this and thinking this is going to be good. I see peaches, I see some strawberries, <laughs> and all sorts of good stuff. So let's dig into it. What are we going to make up tonight? Okay. So first, we have to prepare the pan. Normally, you would do this in your oven, um, but you have melted butter to start with. That just deglazes the pan, so you don't have to spray it, none of that. You just pour it right in. Nothing wrong with a lot of butter in anything you no, do in the no, kitchen. No, it coats the Absolutely. soul. Absolutely. It does. And then we have to caramelize the peaches. Okay. Super fast, super easy. They just go right in with a spoon and some sugar. And while they're cooking and getting nice and juicy, could you help me with the dry ingredients? I'll see what I can do. So what do you want to do? Everything in the this line goes in order. Okay, right here? Yes, sir. The milk first. That oh, not that way. Oh. In here. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you told me. I would have messed that up. This and must be salt. That is salt. Yes. Okay. So okay. the cobbler is a little different than you might expect. Is that flour? Um, that is baking powder. Baking powder. Mm -hmm. A lot of people use self-rising flour for their peach cobbler, but I don't because that's sugar. Um, if you use all the ingredients that are actually inside of self-rising flour already, it comes out butterier, crispier. Yeah. Those aren't really words, but you know. It works for feeling. me. This it's is flour, feeling. right? That is flour. Okay. All-purpose flour. All-purpose. And what is this one? That's more flour. More flour. Do it we sure need is. it? We do. Okay. We do. I just want to make sure. Now we stir that up? Yes, we're going to use the fork. It's for eating and for stirring. Why not? It's going the same place. Might as well use it all. Absolutely. I will lick it off after I eat from it, and we'll get that sucker clean. And by the way, all the recipe we will have, I think, at Huckabee.tv are some of these things so that you can Absolutely. do what Sydney does. You just probably won't do it as well as she does it. Oh, everybody can cook. Aren't you impressed with me stirring this I up? I am. Here? You're doing so well. Thank you. You know, the sugar is interesting. My wife tells me when it rains that I'm not made out of sugar and I won't melt, so go ahead and get out there in it. I think it's kind of cruel. The audience thought it was cruel, too. They didn't even laugh. Yeah. And you got those peaches all getting I caramelized. They're about the... ready. Are you about ready? I am ready. Okay. I am ready. So what do we do now? Okay. So next step is the peaches go straight into the butter. Okay. You kind of... Spread them out so they're not all in a clump. And then right on top of that. I'm gonna put this goo. Goo, yes. This that's the this secret batter, part. whatever this what do you call this? It's the batter. Goo. You got it right. That's what I call it, goo. Because so, it is like that. It, it is. This is the secret part of the recipe. Okay. I am gonna give away. You mean to just pour it in there? In little strips if you can. That way it gets all over the peaches all in between, and the peaches rise up through it. I think they're applauding you, not me, but that's fine. I'm actually getting that pretty well evened out, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, you are. It looks great. Mm -hmm. I want to get it all in there, because I don't want to cheat us. <laughs> right, golly. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right. It's the only way. Only way. There we go. Up oh, there's a little more. 
You know, Keith Bilbrey had a birthday this week, and this we'll pretend this is his birthday cake. How's that? I think cobbler's better than cake anyway. So He's not going to get any of it. <laughs> I, I just abide. I get the whole thing. Mm, Look, I've been made fun of all night long. I get to try the dessert tonight. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That got most of it. Okay. And then this is really the finished product. You stick it right in the oven. How long? For about 45 minutes at 375. And then it'll come out looking just like this, nice and crispy. Mm. So we're going to eat that one, not that one. Because that one's yes. actually been cooked. That makes more sense. And yes, then sir. what is this one right here? Just that fun of it. That is my Mima's famous strawberry pie. Mm. We're going to try both of these right now because I want to. That's how this works. <laughs> Sweet Peach Bakery. It's an at-home <laughs> operation, so you can find all their unique and mouth-watering creations online. If you go to Huckabee.tv, I promise we will connect you. But right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell what he is cooking up next. Well, stay right where you are. Ricochet is here with a classic 90s song you're sure to remember and you'll want to sing along. Don't go away. You're watching Huckabee. next week for presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and saxophone virtuoso Bill French. All right, in 1996, the debut album of the country supergroup Ricochet launched three, that's right, three top ten hits, including the number one classic, Daddy's Money. Now they're celebrating their 30th anniversary with their first new album in over a decade. And it's great. It's called Then and Now, the hits and more. It's actually out this very weekend. Please give a warm welcome to Ricochet founding member Keith Wright. Thank you, Governor. Keith, it's great having you here. And the band? Yes. You yes. know, uh, there was sort of an uh, overnight explosion of Ricochet when you first started 30 years ago, but it wasn't like you just started and it all happened. True. We had actually been a band, a touring band, on the road for a couple of years before we even came to Nashville or, and got signed by a, a record label. And then it seemed like it was overnight at that point. One of the things that I love, that you're doing this album and the proceeds of this are going to adopt a cop uh, to help the wounded blue of our nation and support law enforcement. Yes, why, sir. Why is that important We're so excited to be uh, partnered with the wounded blue. Uh, it's an organization based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And what their mission is to help the families of fallen police officers and officers who've been critically injured in, in the line of duty. Mm. And they offer all sorts of, of resources, not just financial, but uh, emotional and psychological resources as well. So it's, it's and it, any, all, you, all you have to do is go to adoptacop.com, just as you mentioned. Yeah. And there's a link on there. You can click on it, donate $20 or more. We're going to send you a free, free uh, basically, a, a one of our, our new projects. A brand new you know what? That, that's a great deal. You get great music. You help a wonderful cause. And right now, we're going to hear some fantastic music by Ricochet. Now, while the band gets ready to perform, Keith is going to tell you exactly how to get their brand new album that I'm holding in my hand. This is the vinyl version of it, but there are all kinds of ways to get it. Keith Bilbrey, tell us how. Well, for Ricochet's current tour dates and music, including the new album, Then and Now, with sales supporting Adopticop, visit Huckabee.tv. You can also see an exclusive performance of What Do I Know? Now, 
performing their classic number one hit, Daddy's Money, here's Ricochet! Thank you, Keith! Yeah. 